4: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast
3: feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center, a show about Star Wars pop culture in the ultimate adventure, life itself. This is one of our other Center episodes, taking questions that we have collected during this egg after strike about life, and po- other pop culture other than Star Wars, just everything. Happy to be here. I'm Justin Scrimshaw.
5: I'm Ken Napsock, and you know Star Wars will
1: find its way in here. Absolutely.
6: Always. And I'm Jennifer Lando.
1: <laughs> we did it. We all said our names. <laughs> we're all getting used to the video, too. And we're like,
3: uh, uh, uh.
5: I
6: am a robot. <laughs> Who am I?
1: <laughs> I? I messed with the rhythm because I had
5: too much to say in my follow-up. I just got to say my name and shut up. Shut up, Ken. Yeah. Shut up, Ken.
1: Yeah, we all just say your name and shut up. Welcome to our show, Say Your Name and Shut Up. It's very short, a very short show. Anyway, uh, we want to let you know that, as always, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, this week, we are recommending The Path of Deceit. Hey, there's some Star Wars. It's the first book in the High Republic. Phase two, if, like us, you fell behind and you'll want to catch up, uh, I finally got a chance to read Path of Deceit by Justina Ireland and Tessa Grattan, and I really, really enjoyed it. So if you want to uh, see if you enjoy it, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Uh, but that is not all for our A's. Uh, we also have our current ask. Ken? Uh- Ask as Basco would say
5: is uh Asking you to consider subscribing here on YouTube. We have a number in mind, 7,500, but I will point out, hey, you know, we just released our first uh, video, full public video uh, discussing Ahsoka. Maybe we shot up in subs. I'm going to be hopeful of that, that what I'm saying is wrong information. But if not, we're, we're pushing slowly as we build this channel out on the YouTube side in a way we haven't before. So subscribe to help making that, make that happen. Hit that notification bell. Tell your friends, 7,500 is a good Goal for us. And that's what we have right now. That's our ask.
1: It is a great ask. And things are turning around on old YouTube. It, 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 instead of a uh, negative uh, certain amount, it was actual. <laughs> when I look this morning, positive. Yeah. In the right direction. <laughs> the light side builds youtube subscribers anyway uh we're experimenting as we are balancing our star wars coverage and our other center coverage that we want to keep going we want to keep talking about our life and other parts of uh pop culture so we have moved the segment that we used to start our main show our, our tuesday show with uh of life or other star wars pop culture adventures here so we're going to discuss what we have been up to what we've been going through ken uh you've been going through a lot this week do you want to start or finish do you want to be the big intro or the big finale
5: look mine's kind of depressing so maybe y'all can raise the hope levels around here uh you know i i uh, we are recording a little ahead of time as we often do mondays are big record day um so i i am going to assume by the time this airs i'm feeling 100 percent better uh I had uh, made the decision to go home to my parents' house, my hometown area of Rio Grande, Pismo Beach, uh, pre-Thanksgiving. I went for one day. My sister and my uh, nephew, who's now 20, and my niece, who's now 11, were up there. And I hadn't seen them in about eight years uh, physically. They live in Mexico now and um, down in Baja area. Just life, a lot of ways, good and bad, family. Family's weird, right? Uh, <laughs> so I made the decision to go up there. Uh, and it was, it was great. And, and I won't nothing would, would change that experience. It was a very fun day. Um, but I did catch COVID from it <laughs> and and uh, I have avoided it for four years to the point of, I believed I was the chosen one who would not be infected with this disease. <laughs> I was the one, uh, not that I wasn't care- uh, careful or cautious in the past and always in the aware that this is something in the back of my head, but I did catch it full disclosure. Um, and uh, luckily uh mild for me and that was not always the case for people i know and 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 i know people who lost people so so not to laugh off this disease it's not um or this virus it's it's not something that's uh in 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 the rearview mirror um but so out of light came darkness but uh and 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 i even lost a job because of that darkness so i'm now trying to find the light again and uh coming back to force center talk star wars was part of that light so that was my up and down this week (laughs) gotta provide me more hope but i'm trying to find the hope
1: yeah, it's it's weird when um things that should feel sort of metaphorical or symbolic become real like yeah. family it's good but it's difficult they gave me covid it's uh, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you can't pin it on one you know you're right. not going to play that of course game. Mm, but you know <laughs> of course more, not to blame more to
5: the story that i can't go into but yet. Yeah.
1: yeah totally totally understandable um jennifer how was your week do you have any uh life star wars pop culture adventures i went
6: and saw two movies which hmm. was really unusual we went and saw trolls the band back together or something like that it was great i loved it it was <laughs> about basically like boy bands and also siblings um we've been listening to the soundtrack Every single day for hours (laughs) on end, but I enjoy it. If you're an NSYNC fan, Backstreet Boys, New Edition, all those great bands from the past, you will love that movie. Um, We also went and saw Wish, the new Mm. Disney movie. And, you know, it's one of those things where there's a lot of expectations when you go see a Disney movie. And at first I was kind of like, what is this this movie about? And then I just was like, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it. And it's great uh uh let's see chris pine plays the bad guy he Mm. is great there's all the actors are fantastic and my kids loved it although my mom we went with my mom and she was talking through the whole movie like sharing the oh that's an easter well she didn't say easter egg she's like you know that that's from sleeping beauty you know that that's a that's a reference to cinderella i'm like mom stop being the (laughs) disney fan let me have this experience. Uh, she wasn't yeah, walking was up awesome. to the screen
1: and circling things and putting arrows. And-
6: she went on and on my poor husband. Cause my husband's not like a major Disney fan. And he was just like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she's like, and then did you notice Peter Pan? And he's like, "Okay, okay, <laughs> <It's Bernie." on. laughs> ah, surrounded by these fandoms for my poor husband. But yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was great. There's nothing like going to the movies, even though it costs like a hundred dollars. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, all the the good and sometimes tortured analysis of box office pundits of like, have you have you seen how much tickets cost and then eating and barking and stuff? Like, <laughs> I, I could go down that route because there, there's still those things of
5: I saw someone who was like, well, 2019 was one of Disney's best years, 2023's been, been one of the worst. I'm like, you're that huge chunk of time had something <laughs> happen.
1: Yeah, what happened <laughs> what? in those times? <laughs> What are the heavy. varying impacts of it, yeah. Yeah.
5: Oh, Lasting gosh, yeah. impact and change the way in which we do things and uh, how much we can afford. Uh, yeah, I get you. Jen, when you said you went to the movies, I initially thought it was like, did you and, and your husband give away the kids for the weekend? You get to go, oh, no, you you suck kids' movies, guy
6: no yeah I took I took the kids oh my husband came the second time but yeah yeah it was a uh, uh, thanksgiving break I'm like what can we do let's go watch a movie for a few hours take up some of that time so nice. but it was great
1: nice uh does your mom always talk during movies or did was this uh was this a she wished upon a star for a movie she could talk at no, and she, she got her knows. wish
6: she Oh, and I specifically said, please do not. I mean, thank God it wasn't an arc light, RIP. Uh, but, you know, like when you go to the arc light back in the day, like it's like freaking church. You yeah. dare not speak. Oh. My mom just she won't stop talking. I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> but at least she was sharing like insightful things. You know, I could hear her. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> a good point. That's that good. a reference to the fairy godmother. Okay.
5: Real life Easter egg YouTube video in real time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Every, Only she'd been filming. Live
6: streaming right exactly oh guy
1: yeah i went to the new beverly for the first time in several years as a, 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 a only cinema or only a actual film uh owned by quentin tarantino yeah. it's always always fun but yeah they gave a very funny uh intro that was both real and comedic of like we will ban you for life <laughs> if you speak oh, wow <laughs> there I'll take her there well, and, and yeah, they they were exaggerating a little bit, but it was also like, hey, that observation about the movie wouldn't it be a lot more interesting to share after the movie when you could have a conversation about it? Why do you need to say it in the middle of the movie? And I felt so, I felt so seen. I yeah. like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So my uh, my uh, specific adventure uh, this week was uh, an adventure years in the making, which was that I needed to decrease the amount of action figures physically in our home. Mm. um so i didn't i'm not even selling them they're just going to a storage (laughs) uh, a storage space uh like not very far from our home at all but it was still extremely extremely difficult uh it was a great reminder of how much that i do connect to the galaxy far far away through the toys but also the individual memories of where i was or uh you know who i was with why i bought this figure at which convention and i i I worked my way down this huge pile on our dining room table and in the base of it still was this pyramid that had started with the force awakens (laughs) so it was like actually going through the layers of history uh with the most recent uh editions of of the saga and it was uh it was a little bit too much of a a real physical thing that needed to happen that was actually a you know a a metaphor for reality of like i don't have enough time and space to love everything as much as i want to love it and i have to pick and choose and yeah it was it was a hard adventure all by itself because i love the action figures and then it was uh it, it it was almost insulting how much it felt like a uh, badly scripted metaphor for my life <laughs> <Having> <laughs> to choose what gets to stay. Like, come on, life! Can I just relax? Can I yeah. just relax?
5: But- uh, look, you're supposed to provide some hope, but I'm I'm choosing to provide hope. You know, find the hope in what you're saying, Joseph. It's 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 it, those memories and those connections will, will never go away. But it's hard. I I think I'm reaching a point where I think I have to start maybe have a digital garage sale with some of
1: my stuff.
5: Things for very, yeah. and it's it's hard it's hard and it's okay yeah. for it to be
1: hard yeah it, yeah it's hard but the thing is not the memory and i try to remind myself of that and you know i've i've made the joke and it is very true of like i really uh love the story of these uh wise jedi who realized what is valuable is our connection to one another and not physical goods and that's why i must own thousands of them physically <laughs> uh there's an irony in it that i need to uh be aware of <laughs> and like i said uh I'm not even selling them. They're just going about four blocks away. And oh. I still have, you know, many, many in my home. Anyway, I know other other people go through that journey of uh, of having to let go and make some choices. So I thought I would share mine. But with that, we're going to get into the actual cues in our cues of the other episode. We got two great questions. We got, um, got one that I think is uh, fun, but also could be a little heavy. And then after the break, we'll have one that looks on the surface like it should be fun, but might really get heavy. uh, And Mm. that will uh, be more clear later on. But first now we have a question from a listener, patron 8984M, who says, hello, the wacky, but also philosophical cousin of 4Center. As a child of immigrants, my cultural identity has always been a major part of my life. So I was wondering, what are your cultural backgrounds and how have they affected your life? And on a sillier note, what is one small habit from that culture that has stuck with you? For me, being in an immigrant household, we saved literally everything, including grocery and takeout bags. I still keep a big stash of grocery bags that I reuse. This is a great question. Um, Jennifer, would you like to start uh, about your uh, how, how your background uh, your cultural background affects your life and uh, any sort of habit that you still have?
6: I still keep the grocery and takeout bags. Yeah, <laughs> so I have a gigantic stash. Um, yeah, it's interesting because it's like it's like a fish in water. Like it doesn't know that it's in the water. So like mm. throughout my life, I had all these cultural things or things that my mom would do, and I didn't know that that was. I guess unusual or an an oddity until like a white person would point it out to me like, Oh, like being so enmeshed as a family was Mm. just like, you know, that was very normal to me. My husband's like, uh, do you have to talk to your mom every day? Like five times a day? <laughs> do you have to go, you guys have to be in each other's business as much? And I'm like, wait, when do you <laughs> talk to your parents? He's like, I don't know, like every like couple times a month. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, just stuff like that. Or even the way that I speak like my mom was born, um, she was born here, but she definitely has like kind of this Chicana type of accent. And so I would, in acting class, I would, you know, you're trying to just be this character. And I guess I would say things with an accent. And my acting teacher is like, what is that? What is that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like that accent. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have an accent. He's like, yes, there it is. He's like, yes, you, the way you say no, no and he just made me like he made me feel like so aware of it and i was very ashamed of it for a long mm-hmm. period of time mm-hmm. and then i was like I have that i don't care mm-hmm. this is just the way that i'm gonna say it or like my mom like will accent certain uh uh letters like instead of the the tv, the TV she'll say the tv and i was like mm-hmm. what Just little things like that, and it's never until somebody else points it out to you that suddenly you're just aware of it. And you can either like be embrace that that's just who I am, or you could, as a child especially, you might feel a little more self conscious and try Mm -hmm. even more to fit in. It just depends, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Is there any so I I you're hearing I'm hearing lots of traits. Is there anything that you like actively say like I want to do this? Because it is a part of my culture and I want to continue uh, my culture as opposed to sort of, you know, things that slip through.
6: Um, I would love to, but my mom was very much like wanting to assimilate and to be this American dream. And so as I've talked about, like she would make meatloaf and like beef stroganoff for our meals. She never (laughs) taught me like how to cook Mexican food. So things like that, like I'm having to reclaim that and I'm having Mm. to teach my kids, but she very much isn't like the supernatural, which is kind of funny. And I guess I kind of have tapped into that and I don't want to lose that. Like we Mm -hmm. had a picture that fell yesterday and a can that I swear to you, it flew across (laughs) from the recycling bin. And yeah. my husband's like, it just fell. I'm like, no, <laughs> there is something going on in this house. Do, what do, have we invited?
5: I'll send Grace over there. She'll cleanse your house. All right, some we,
6: sage or something.
5: We have we have this argument all the time in our house. Uh, you know, really, the fan. We have a fan, and it slowly starts moving. Sometimes, and she's like, "See?" I'm like, "Honey, the I have the heater on. It's clearly moved. She's like, "You're no fun. It's a ghost." It's kind <laughs> but of fun. who turned the heater on? Yeah. yeah.
6: Yeah. Do I really believe it? No, but I kind of like believing it. That's very much my mom. Mm. I'm going to continue that tradition, but I don't want to scare my children.
1: (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. Mm. Uh, Ken, I know from previous conversations, you have talked uh, about your connection to your culture. Did you feel that strongly growing up? Um, how do you feel it shaped you?
5: Uh, it, I've, I think I wanted to feel it more strong, uh, and and you know uh, that's part of what you're going through, uh, or at least explaining Jen different you know levels of it. I I, I know, um, but my dad you know came over with the grandma, grandpa in '51 um, from from Russia. My grandma Ukrainian. My grandpa grandfather was Circassian, uh, aka Russian in the '80s because that was the easiest way to explain it. But it was. It was not allowed for me to experience. Um, I experienced my grandparents, but um, uh, my dad and 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 you know had had, had literally it, it beaten out of them in the fifties. We have part mm-hmm. going on <clears throat> communism, the Red Scare, all that stuff, and, and being a little uh, Russian boy in in Fort Dodge, Fort Dodge, Iowa, where they settled mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a good thing. And so he, he, you know, I, I think I've said before, but my name was supposed to be Sasha. That's what my mom had planned up until the very end. And he, he, nope, uh, not doing that. Uh, my sister is supposed to be Katya. Uh, she ended up being Katie and now actually changed her name to, to Katya. Um, mm. um, her kind of, you know, that, hold on, that would have been cool. <laughs> little, um, but I get where it came from. Um, right or wrong, you know, where they ended up. Um, and And you know, so there was this no, we're Americans vibe versus no i'm I'm not you know not not russian um and, and I understand I mean, you got Rocky punching Ivan Drago who you know you want to be on rocky side growing up and and mm-hmm. so that was that but it, it it was there, and I was always proud of it uh, I always wanted to you know know a little bit more um and maybe I still can in terms of you know love to speak Ukrainian or love to you know understand a little bit more and um, I carried some of the stuff forward with them, and and it's just you know, it, it, you know, I always joke, but you know, cleaning your plate was 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 all I heard at my grandparents' was canny, eat 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 candy, eat 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 because they they didn't have food right the post war mm-hmm. they were they were uh you know leaving and and even my 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 grandmother's sister lived in Chernobyl, and and my grandmother would send her cans of food and clothes because it just it wasn't there. And, and so that translated to them in Anaheim when I would visit for Disneyland, it was mm-hmm. like, you're going to eat everything and you think you're full, we're going to put more on your plate. Uh, <laughs> and so that, you
1: know, that carried over a little bit with me. Yeah. Well, Sasha Knapsack would have been a great wrestler name. Um, <laughs> it have been yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Coming. uh, I want to, I want to come back and to ask you more about how you feel like your, your culture or even lack of it is expressing yourself. Cause, um. I think it's really interesting that we're all of the general same age and are all kind of experiencing the same thing where we almost wanted more of our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause that's something I've really been wrestling with. So my ancestry is uh, Scandinavian, Norwegian and Swedish. And, and that's the little bit of culture I did get growing up um, mm-hmm. on my dad's side, English uh, from Nottingham. just about every scrimshaw I've uh, ever come across is directly from nottingham you can find on the books when <laughs> your ancestors left from specifically right. nottingham um and then on my dad's side there's some native blood most likely uh mati um and i always want to uh, i feel bad i i feel like i uh i was uh ignorant about the best way to talk about that uh because my mm-hmm. dad told me that when i was young of we have some uh some native american blood as he said um, and so I was always interested in that. I have understood much better now about the, this a very important distinction between, uh, blood history and actually, you know, being raised in a culture and being a part of a, of a tribe. So I always want to talk about that really respectfully of, I don't have that as my cultural background, but it was told to me when I was young and I was always fascinated with wanting to understand where I came from, from all of these different places, um, but uh, for that history, that is deeply buried for exactly the same reasons, Can not, not with the Russian, but with the, um, you know, the racism <laughs> and the deep need to assimilate in the let's bury our culture instead of pass it on, uh, you know, up, up through the mm-hmm. generations. Every, uh, my grandparents, uh, I didn't get to know my, my father's parents uh, very long at all in the big picture. Uh, my mom's parents, uh, I spent more time with, they definitely had some challenges and some scars from growing up in the depression and going my father or grandfather serving in world war II, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was really trying to think back of like, okay, but I, I did grow up around Scandinavian stuff. What are the Scandinavian traditions? And the only thing I could think of is uh, food. It was only the holidays. It was here, try this weird fish. And we got some real specific cookies. <laughs>
2: mm.
1: And I, I pushed my mom on it recently. I was like, what are the other things from Scandinavian culture uh, uh, that that you absorb? Are, are there things that aren't food? And she was like, yes. And then she just kept listing different foods. It's like, mom, they're all foods. <laughs> Is there anything that isn't food? Because so I think we grew up uh, in an era where, where it feels like a lot of people were just trying to be American um, yeah. or people from a European heritage. We're losing that distinction uh, in just trying to be white. And to me, like, white is meaningless. It's not a cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really, uh, really, I really think about my cultural heritage is probably more physically where I grew up, of Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that's mm-hmm. a mix of Scandinavian people, uh, German people, a lot of immigrants who are willing to endure harsh conditions for decent jobs and wanted to have took great pride in doing well, but also had a little bit of this sort of shame boundary of, I want to do a really good job. I don't want to have to tell anybody I'm doing a really good job. I just want them to quietly see it and acknowledge it. (laughs) Like that kind of stuff is far more my culture than anything from my, you know, Scandinavian specifically Mm roots. Um, so Ken how do you, how do you feel about the this uh growing up in uh maybe in a time or just maybe our our life experiences where we were encouraged more to be hey you're american mm-hmm. and less specifically tied to your cultural roots how do you feel about that
5: you know i i I'm, I'm having dare i say fun untangling a lot of that and untangling the history of that and untangling where we got to where we are or where we were. I always go to the eighties because that was the most powerful decade in my existence in a lot of ways, because it imprinted a lot on me that I have to either untangle or decide to to stay with. And the nineties is where I came of age, but, but, you know, I grew up uh, uh, pro wrestling guys, everyone knows, but I grew up in the eighties listening to Hulk Hogan's theme song. I am a real American fight for the rights of every man. And that means fighting this villain from Iran, this villain from Russian, this villain from Scotland, this villain. Mm. And, and that was the easy sell wrestling is a bottom base, direct s- form of storytelling. And that's how they sold it. And that's why it was so popular in the eighties that, that, that affected me whether I think of it or not. Um, and I think it's about trying to untangle some of that, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and not being afraid and, 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 and being, you know, trying to discover, uh, you know, who I am that it through, through all that, um, you know, it's, it's, um, you can only do so much with how you were raised. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like move, move yeah. Um, I, I, th-
1: a thing that I think about as well is, okay, so, you know, I, I've, I've, taught when I worked at museums, I've taught like cooking as culture in classes like that and a lot of the sociology mm-hmm. classes I took were, would would break down. Well, what do we mean when we say culture? Like, well, it's activities, it's food, it's specific celebrations, uh, it is perspectives on the way we think about life and process it. And I've had different epiphanies of like, oh, my culture is um theater and science fiction conventions. Because like when I thought about some of the things that I wish had kind of been handed to me as here's your Scandinavian, here's your English mm-hmm. culture, here's your your native culture if I was actually a member, um, those the, all those kind of things like where did I get those? I got those from from theater and, and the nerd community. Jennifer, do you ever feel like you got some of the culture that maybe more traditionally came uh, from your culture of origin from just the culture of what you chose to do?
6: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The theater, uh, the theater community for sure. Um, uh, growing up in the 80s, the 90s. I mean, that's why I really was enjoying talking about retro things. It's kind of like a shared history. Mm. These, you know, phenomenons of like the Cabbage Patch Kids or why was the Wuzzles popular or, <laughs> you know, the Jetsons, like those kinds of like pop culture has replaced that culture that I didn't really have. Like, it's like, it's so American, like Americana. Mm -hmm. And only now do I think people understand the value in retaining your cultures and your traditions from your, your countries of origin and your family. Uh, Because when we were kids, it really was like, you were seen as being uh, Mm anti-American. Like, you know, you could not retain to that, retain onto that. Uh, if you wanted to be American. And so there's, I sometimes have gotten in my life, people who were like, well, why don't you, why don't you speak Spanish fluently? Why don't you have all these like cultural things as a Mexican American woman? And it's like, I... I can't help that there was so much racism and prejudice. (laughs) My parents did what they thought was best. It was like for survival. And was it the best decision? No, not in hindsight now, but that was of the time. And so it's, it's interesting when you get pushback from both, both communities, like Mm. I, I often do, you know? So anyways, it's, it's important for me to, to reclaim that and find my way back. And it's okay that my Spanish stinks. It's just, it's just who I am, but I'm this hodgepodge of theater and Furbies and Mexican
1: Americans. Oh, that's That's absolutely beautiful, and I do think um, it is... Uh, I think pop culture is a part of our culture is really uh, powerful, because especially like when all the, the several years where the Star Wars movies were coming out in December, that really made it like this cultural event that people in this culture were celebrating together and having certain traditions and uh, being able to compare and contrast those traditions. It is such a, a cultural thing. Uh, Ken, do you feel like a part of who you are became what you do as opposed to your your sort of history?
5: Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I think so. And, and and sometimes for better or and sometimes for worse. I think that's why I always say pop culture is our culture in a lot of ways. It's, this is the stories that raised us. and And that's why I enjoy engaging on them on such a deep level that we do now. As opposed to, and I, you know, again, I, I, I wasn't. I know your experience. You know, Joseph, your love of themes is something I know, I remember you talking about it was something that early on was something. Oh, I love this because I love engaging with art this way. Mine was it's a pew and a pew, and I love that pew, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Those lessons weren't there for me, and I wasn't absorbing it. Uh, it was there. Um, so I think you're right, and 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 then you can get locked in other little subcultures sometimes that are. You know, I, that that job I always talk about for 17 years, it, being in public safety, put me in a certain kind of culture and around a certain mm-hmm. kind of folk that aren't bad folks at, at their heart. I want to be clear. So my closest connections for, are, were from it and are from it. But man, it 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 it, it imprinted on me and, and, and at times in a negative way. Yeah. And, and I don't know, past some of that. So it, it can, it can. But yeah, I, I agree with you there.
1: So- uh to answer eight nine eight four m's uh question do you have a habit from your culture that has stuck with you whether that's your ancestry or your lived experience culture uh do you have a habit that's stuck with you
5: other than overeating um <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, i forgot that was your answer <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, well i mean i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think beyond it but it, it was uh yeah it was um it was. It, it I don't want to say drummed out, it, but it, it it wasn't super intentional, right? It just. It mm-hmm. just. From for me, from my perspective, as as the white kid in the suburbs, it just wasn't addressed. It's going to be different for Jen, obviously. Um. Mm-hmm. um but I, uh, you know, so it, it wasn't like I sat there and and said, "Mommy, Daddy, please tell me. Can I can I ask about?" Kiev and, and Ukraine and, and, and no You can't it just it, we went to my grandparents And it was very clear they, they were quote mm-hmm. Russian I experienced that they spoke in their language They argued in that language Loudly often <laughs> and in restaurants um, and, and You know I got to see some of the You know the old old school Ways that my grandfather had that were wrong You know he never let my Grandmother drive a car never let her learn Kept her trapped in the house And in mm. fact went and had another marriage <laughs> and mm-hmm. another life that we didn't discover till later on, and uh, that was uh, a, a negative byproduct of just who he was and some of the ways he was raised. So uh, I didn't, I was, I didn't try to engage with it because I didn't know it was there to engage with till later on. If that makes sense, yeah. So this is no. a darker answer, but deeper answer to maybe a silly question is eight nine eight four M says, but like yeah, other than eat, can he eat, 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 and punch an Ivan Drago? I didn't
1: care anything for it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't I didn't learn how to make uh, any of the Scandinavian cookies, which is about the only like actual true heritage. So all of it is just sort of vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the story I'll share is moving to Los Angeles and just getting to have an outside perspective, not only just being around people from all sorts of different uh, cultures. Los Angeles has its own culture all by itself. Mm -hmm. But because Los Angeles and I think in particular, the entertainment industry is a place where lots of different people come together. So instead of talking about the weather in Los Angeles, our boring get to know you question is, where do you come from? You get to hear people's opinion about where you come from. Yeah. Mm, So mm -hmm. when I was first here and talking to a lot of people and telling people I was from Minnesota, like, oh, good. And like, oh, all right. Why? Like, "Uh, all you Minnesotans have a work ethic. You work Mm. like dogs. (laughs) So it was great to hear from the outside. And then I thought about it and it's like, I think that is really true from uh, all, all the people who come to Minnesota who prided themselves on enduring hard labor conditions and working hard, um, that that would make sense. And then also the, the theater, Jen, as you know, is so the show must go on
7: mm-hmm. and you show up.
1: And I remember trying to do stand up shows early on, like they were theater. And I, I put on a variety show and, uh, lots of people always backed out and at first it's like what it, you agreed to do a show and you didn't break a leg there's no family member in danger and uh it, once uh early on someone texted me like a half an hour before the show oh. like oh can't make it and I'm like oh i totally understand i'm so sorry uh, which is another part of my um i don't know i yeah, <laughs> why am i apologizing uh is like what why what uh, what happened i hope you're okay and there's it's like ah I ended up in the valley today, so I can't make it.
6: <gasps> oh, my God. And, like,
1: gosh. my head exploded. And for people who don't know, it's like, the, if there's really bad traffic, maybe the valley could be an hour drive. Mm-hmm. But it's not like mm-hmm. my car got stuck in a snowstorm. It was just like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make your show. I knowingly went to a different part of town. <laughs> and, of course, everybody understands that's a valid excuse to not do a show. And, like, every instinct that came up in me is like, oh, there's my culture. Mm. Work ethic. You said you do this show. Be there.
5: <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, it's I, I, I remember some of the early days of going to your shows. That's I thought I was like, this this is great. This is like a this is like a, this is a present presentation versus a collection mm. of comics. I liked it. But yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
5: Comics yeah. in LA.
1: Yeah. Didn't know didn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep, uh, not everybody w- wants to have that vibe. Uh, some people like that. Hey, we're all showing up, or maybe not.
5: I, else, we'll I was telling this is about an, I, I didn't. I this is back in my bringer show days where you had to have five people or your stage time was cut. And and one of my friends was on the way to a, a show I was doing in Brentwood, and, and she called me. She was like, "Hey, we're kind of lost," and I gave her directions, and she goes, "Okay, seeing in a couple minutes. We're on. We're on San Vicente." And she never showed up. And the next day at work, I was like, what happened? She's like, ah, we saw a Mexican restaurant. We got kind of hungry when we went to that instead. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, well, I lost four four minutes of stage time.
6: (laughs) Oh, no.
1: It's hard out here in Los Angeles. That's the Uh, message. Anyway, uh, thank you, 8984M, for the great and thoughtful question. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more cues. are back with cues of the other in other center episode of the overall force center show. We had a fun, but also deep question about our culture, our history. And now I think we have a question that's going to be even more difficult and complex to answer. That comes to us from Jacob. Jacob says, I've been sitting on this question for a while, but now that it's time for post strike other center content, I can finally ask whatever pop culture question I want. That's great. The question is, what are each... Of your favorite Muppets. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, thank you, Jacob. He's like, it's, ah.
1: oh, it's it's so difficult, do uh, I assume that none of us just has one a one Muppet answer. Do we? Does anybody no. have a one Muppet answer? Are
5: you a, are you a one Muppet voter? Hermit <laughs> 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 no. or nobody? Yeah, oh, I don't have like God. a ranked no. list to be
1: clear, but I do have more than one answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have more Mm -hmm. than one answer as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, Ken, uh, do you want to do you want to plop your whole Muppet list out? Do you want to share a Muppet tease? One Muppet? What do you
5: want to do? Maybe I'll I'll share my main one. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll stretch this out and and and. I actually, you know, it's funny, Jen. This is great. I I don't remember how many Muppet-based conversations we've had with you, um, but Hmm. Joseph and I, uh, I think it's a pretty shared positive experience. The Muppet Show was huge in my life, Uh, Mm -hmm. and someone pointed out, uh, and I think I've said this before, so I apologize to repeat myself. But someone pointed out with that podcast I was doing for a couple years, Saturday Night Napsucks, that they're like, this is this is like the audio version of the Muppet Show. And I did not realize how much the Muppets really had influenced my style of comedy. And like, not like word for word, but just the presentation of a show behind a show and reality bending mm-hmm. and all that stuff that, that's so prevalent and, and other things. So I love it. Um, but I, I say all that. I feel like I'm going to give the wrong answer. And I know some people in my life are going to jump on me if it's the wrong answer. Um, I got to go. It, it Sometimes I always say the answer is the answer. I'm a huge Kermit the Frog fan. Mm-hmm. It's Kermit, and I've connected with Kermit. I, you know, Lost in Manhattan is one of my favorite Muppet movies. Uh, 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 the Great Muppet Caper's it's fantastic, and and there's something about this every frog at the center of the story. <laughs> and at times it's a little, Osh, woe is me? And I connect to that and just wants to do good and just wants to experience things. And, and, and uh, the chaos is often around him versus uh, Kermit uh, uh, causing some of the chaos. And, and even though occasionally I can certainly be chaotic, I just kind of have that feel. I'm, I'm the quiet green center of a lot of conversations and experiences. And I've just always loved Kermit. Uh, there's yeah. no other way around i i i sat all day sunday this in the backdrop of this this question was up and i'm like i mean i fozzy right i'm a gonzo and, and we'll give some other answers but i love kermit man
1: yeah no kermit is the uh who's my favorite it's uh luke skywalker leia right. anakin padme like the the main character yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. but it's so true in, in a very good depiction of uh, your connection mm-hmm. um if you had a Kermit-like song about what it's not easy to be, <laughs> what would you? What would it be? It's not easy to have a beanie. What would your What would your no, it's, soulful song it's be?
5: Very easy to have a beanie. I was supposed to comb <laughs> my hair on the tapings this week, and I just didn't want to. I think what it, it it ain't. Uh, it ain't easy being too self-loathing, which you should go listen to the obsessed episode that Joseph interviewed me about self self-loathing. Yeah, uh, you know, that would I'd sit on a I'm a bump on a log sometimes singing a song, so uh, that's where I
1: would. <laughs> that's great, Jennifer. What, what was your relationship with the Muppet Show, and, and what's your your first Muppet answer?
6: I am, I love the Muppets. You put on, uh, Rainbow Connection and Mm. it, it, it's like emotional. I think because it is so nostalgic and the way that Kermit sings it Mm -hmm. is just beautiful. Mm. I am Kermit the Frog. Kermit is me. Um, I feel like he's just trying to get everyone on board. And it's just like you said, the chaos is around him. He's, trying to wrangle cats half the time Mm -hmm. um and i that face that he makes when he scrunches his little (laughs) mouth i do that like i can't do it now but like that's just me in every situation i just want to turn to the camera that's not there and just make that face like look at (laughs) look at these crazies around me Mm -hmm. um but yeah so kermie top top tied with kermie would be miss piggy Mm. Miss Piggy is such a diva and I remember as a kid like she would just do things that I was like oh you're not supposed to do that and you're not supposed to be (laughs) so like self-absorbed or whatever but I just love like it was it was fascinating of what uh, this character that would do that and the way that she would like her wild hair flying around and oh yeah I would just I yeah I could just go on and on about Miss Piggy.
1: Yeah, well these are these are absolutely great answers and I think it makes sense uh that you would have a connection with Kermit given Kermit's role on Sesame Street is an ev- investigative reporter. Right.
6: Oh. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, cuz Fredo, ah. uh, Piggy and Gonzo and everybody else is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kermit's yeah. just on the job.
6: Yeah. And yeah. I, I yeah.
1: I've always been
5: I'm glad you brought that up, Joseph, cuz I've always been convinced that's where I that fueled my love of like weekend update mm. wow. shows, news parody news adjacent type of content. I loved that segment when, when, when the the music would play, I'd be like this Sesame Street's the best today. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm really loving these Kermit answers. Uh, Muppet show. Uh, I did an episode of my old podcast obsessed with my wife when the Muppet show became available on Disney plus. Right, right. And we devoured several episodes and she hadn't spent as much time with it. Um, so she was interviewing me and, and as it was going along, I was like, Oh my Lord, half my DNA comes from this show. Right. Uh, my brother and I, the big thing we did with a bunch of friends have mentioned before is a late night variety show called look mono pants, which was basically naughty Muppet show. Yep. Definitely mm-hmm. pull back the curtain. And I think what's, what's so beautiful about it is, um, just enough structure to barely keep it on the rails. Mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. so relatable to the human experience even as a kid you recognize the we've made a plan there's a list this should be fine everything is falling apart why are there chickens here
5: yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. is
1: the experience of being a human being and then it just has such great love of the old and the vaudeville and the presentational and the uh self-effacing and in the mm-hmm. snark and everything and and as uh other people have pointed out um I think it it has this great heritage of vaudeville that a little bit of everything is nice in your entertainment, that this is a comedy show. Yeah. It is pitched at kids, but it is all for all ages. And there's funny, naughty uh, adults get that. But there's also like no fear of veering from the most absurd to the borderline profane. What is Gonzo up to, to the absolutely heartfelt melt your heart sincerity. And there's no shame, no challenge in in doing all of it and swinging wildly from one emotion and one mode of entertainment to another.
5: I'd like to dig into that a little bit more. And this is certainly not the only property that's ever done that. And you're talking about the, the influences from vaudeville and on old that's part of the appeal of the muppet show but even my struggles in my own career have a lot to do with you know what this month i want to write a song (laughs) this month that's a poem this month i want to do weird things in my bathrobe on camera and throw candy in my face and it's all under the entertainment uh, banner for me and and i think in this world where it's important to this is a channel about cooking and that channel Mm -hmm. algorithm because it is a channel about cooking which I get, and I think it's important to keep to that. But I don't know how much I can say or blame that came from the Muppet Show, and I'm not blaming my struggles on it. But it's like that. I like you just said that's part of the DNA. No, that's what that's what the song. There was a the song. There was this. There was a the dance number. It was all there, and it was the Muppet Show.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I totally think that, and I I think I've gone on to you, Ken, about I think that's part of the success of the early MCU is that those movies are all labeled as superhero movies. But if you break down what people actually talk about, they talk about the comedy. Mm -hmm. They talk about the drama of the relationships. There is the thrill and the spectacle of the action that they're fulfilling a little bit of that desire, that hunger to be like, we want to experience multiple things in one story. We don't need it to just be, this is a gangster movie and therefore it's violent Mm -hmm. the whole time. And that's what it is, period. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think uh, branding does it is necessary it is natural up to a point but i think we crave having multiple experiences um other thing for me is uh the muppet show there's it it, the actual creation of it is this sort of virtuoso it's amazing that they get these muppets to do this and there's such precision in their performance but the whole joke is everything's always falling apart so it's that great comedy act of absolutely perfect imperfection Mm -hmm. of performers who are brilliant at letting the audience see them bleed in exactly the right way for it to be funny. Yeah. Um, which is a a big deal to me. So the, the first, uh, Muppet I just had to go to, I think it's because, uh, the, the Muppet was a symbol of, uh, of a freed id being able to just do what you want. Uh, and that is animal. So Mm. animal always meant a lot to me because Mm. um, I didn't necessarily get to be wild and scream. (laughs) I wanted Mm. to be wild and scream. And my dad was a drummer and I knew that from when I was a little kid. And at one point my dad had a stuffed animal of animal uh, strapped to his bass drum (laughs) that somebody had given him. So animal means a lot to me. More less in the I am like him and more in the I would like to be like him.
5: I we yeah there's a part of us that all wants to be like Keith moon in Muppet form right and I love that but <laughs> uh, keeping in with things a theme we've talked about on the show before I was terrified of animal as a young mm-hmm. kid <laughs> especially after the first muppet really? movie when he becomes big. terrified terrified I did not know what he was was he a monster I couldn't I used to have nightmares about weird monsters uh, you know like who who doesn't as a kid but they were they were animal like and um uh, yeah i'm past that so i want to revisit muppet to connect because i think you're absolutely right that's what he should represent but yeah oh man he, he turns he's just into an into expression of
1: unchained joy
5: he turns into a giant very scary mm. Mm.
1: he does get real scary but you know it it's scary to be alive <laughs>
2: yeah.
6: it's
1: scary to say oh, you're right. i want to hit that symbol real loud and then maybe later eat it i don't know yeah, I don't i'm know. gonna do what i want yeah uh all right, so we shared a little bit about uh, big-picture Muppet show, Muppets relations, and our our primary Muppets, but let's go deeper. Ken, uh dole out your remaining Muppets, please.
5: Sure. Uh, look, without a doubt, Statler, Waldorf, uh, you know, grumpy old men in the balcony, uh, you know, I probably identified too much with that early on, but I, I, I think they're great. Um, but beyond that, um, I always loved a Swedish chef. It was just some
6: mm.
5: out-there kind of... You know, almost base level comedy that still is probably working on a higher level, but just mm-hmm. kind of silliness that I I loved. And and to the point where I used, they used to have a cereal, like a Swedish chef cereal. Um, <laughs> and I used to, my folks used to buy that for me when I was allowed to have sugar cereal on the weekends. Love that uh, character. And then uh, scrolling down a list so I don't forget anything here. I, I loved, uh, well, first of all, Sweden scared me as well. So it's not just animal. Um, Beauregard. Uh, who um, um, served a lot of roles, but uh, he was a taxi driver in The Great Muppet Caper. And I just, there's just something in, in, a, in, a, in a series that's often loud and chaotic in a wonderful way to have quiet, slower Beauregard to be like, hello, like I've always, was always drawn to Beauregard.
1: Oh, that is a great list. Uh, 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 is there any more? Uh, oh, um,
5: um, uh, uh, scroll that. I was going to mention uh, uh, The Newsman on the Muppet show, the generic oh, yeah. man character. Again, I've always had this love the news and just the, the, the anchorman persona, especially back then. So they used to have that newsman character. And I used to like that segment a lot on Muppet show.
1: Such a great straight person of just being deadly serious. And then yeah. bizarre Muppet crap happening. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm going to share, I have three other Muppets, uh, other than animal. And then we're going to pitch Jennifer for the big clothes, uh, Statler and Waldorf is next on the list. Uh, they were really funny as a kid, um mm-hmm. because they were the the ones that that fascinating, Wait a minute, when you get really old, you get to act like a kid again. <laughs> and just say whatever you want. Um, yeah, yeah. The, sometimes at movie theaters. um it, but it, as I got older and they, you know, realized like just the absolute brilliance of them to show them up a show could do the joke of, we want to make the joke and we want to poke fun at ourselves for having made the joke. Uh, Just absolute brilliance. Uh, Thank you to a friend of the show, Brian Ward, a personal friend as well, for uh, sending me Sattler and Waldorf Lego. They are uh, looking at me right now about to make a mean joke about this very podcast recording. So Sattler and Waldorf are up there. Uh, Then this is not the Muppet show. This is maybe controversial. I don't know about Muppet purists, but Muppet technically the count on Sesame Street. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think when I really think about what's my absolute first encounter with horror, it's the Count. I'm still <laughs> obsessed with Count Dracula. And he's got the vibe. He's in the fun gothic castle with the bats. Mm-hmm. He's got the mm-hmm. laugh. He's like, who is this gentleman monster in and, and the whole counting shtick? Great.
5: I think that guy, I, I like the little worms that uh,
1: Ernie would watch. Uh, a, oh, yeah. I like the worm family.
3: Hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, Great. Um, and then my final, uh, to go from Animal, who I want to be like, to the Muppet, I think I probably am like, a uh, Scooter. I-, I like Scooter. <laughs> I was given a doll That's of Scooter good. when I was young. And then as I got older, like, oh, man, uh, um, I'm Scooter. Because <laughs> Kerm- Kermit is still c- tries to keep things on the rails, but he also does want to be a star. He also <laughs> wants to be up front. Mm-hmm. Scooter is just trying to get everything done. Scooter right. is just trying to keep things on the rails. I feel Scooter is coded he's Scandinavian. He yeah. is a hard worker, and he would never, never cancel on a show because he happened to go to the valley that day.
6: Oh my gosh!
1: Uh, and he's got a great look. That's a great little jacket. And what is- uh, Jennifer, uh, take us home with your remaining Muppet yeah. list.
6: I should have done more research because I'm just drawing, I'm drawing from memory. So uh, Rizzo the rat, yeah. uh, Pepe the king prawn yeah. that reminds me of my uncle. <laughs> um <laughs> I would find that as a child when I would watch The Muppet Show, I would get annoyed with characters more. I would get annoyed with Fozzie. I would get annoyed with Gonzo. <laughs> but what I've discovered since then is – because I had a really hard time getting my daughters into it. They loved Sesame Street. Right. Um, but they love Muppet Babies, both the old mm. one and the new one. I love Muppet. And I think the reason why is because, like, the whole gang works together. And their quirks – can kind of there's benefits to their quirks and they're also valued in some way whereas like in the Muppet show and the movies it's like oh those quirks lead to just so much mayhem and things <laughs> falling apart <Yeah. laughs> I can see why poor Kermie is upset right yeah but mm-hmm. so the Muppet babies both shows uh, it shows them working together which I appreciate
5: is it this is is be- a beautiful <laughs> answer is it sorry yeah stepped on you uh, is it because Muppet baby says Skeeter Scooter's twin sister.
6: Yes, scooter and skeeter. Yes, exactly. And then the new one, there's a there's a penguin. I can't remember her name, but she's really cute. Mm. I like her too.
1: Well, I think I have my lunch plans, to uh, track down the new Muppet shows and check out oh. the penguin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Any final Muppet thoughts before we wrap up? This
5: this could lead to Muppet Center easily and and it's been a lot <laughs> of fun and, and I've been wanting to um um Revisit the shows. Well, I I started watching a little bit. I think even now I have season one on Blu-ray. Um, but I, I think it's time for time, time, time for me to do that.
1: Yeah, there, for a little while, uh, my wife and I were watching films and we would pick out a film that had an actor who had appeared on The Muppet Show. And we would watch The Muppet Show with that actor as the sort of intro to the film, which was yeah. a really fun way yeah. uh, to gobble them up. But watching more Muppets soon. Thank you very much, Jacob, for the fun question this is this is really great to be able to talk other pop culture yeah. here on other center but that is it ken do you want to let people know where they can find us
5: i absolutely will uh, send your favorite muppet answer to us on twitter or threads at Four center pod or on facebook as well at Four center podcast you can also find our instagram page and don't forget to subscribe on youtube podcast is available in a lot of different spots just search you'll find us and thanks to all uh, our listeners in other parts of the world who couldn't actually Get our episodes. As the time of this recording, it looks like that's been fixed. Thanks for your patience on that. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center and patreon.com slash Center is where you can support us directly and ask us questions like this. Follow me at KenNabsuck or go to my website, KenNabsuck.com for the holiday seasons. I'll be selling, uh, selling personalized copies of my book, Why We Love Star Wars, on the website. And also, if you're in LA for LA Comic-Con on Sunday, December 3rd 3 p.m., we'll be hosting a Star Wars theme panel. Some of the behind-the-scenes folks from shows like Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, and The Mando Show, you know, The Mandalorian, The Muppet Baby Mando Show. Uh, uh, For me, Uh, Jen, where can they find and follow you and all you're doing?
6: You can find me on Twitter. uh, Twitter, what am I saying? Uh, Sometimes on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, (laughs) at Jennifer Landa and TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138.
5: Love it. Joseph, take us home. Thank you for leading us through this wonderful discussion today.
1: Oh, happy. These are great discussions. Great, great Muppet in ancestry questions, you know, two normal topics that go together beautifully. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you want to find out what I'm up to, you can find me on most of the social media. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm spending a lot of time on Blue Sky, so if you get an invite code, I'm having a lot of fun over there. I invite you to come check it out and find me on Blue Sky. Um, also on Instagram, you can also go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com for info on all the different stuff I'm up to. In particular, this weekend, the short horror film uh, that I worked on this year, The Nightmare Adorable, is playing two different places. It is playing uh, live in in person at the Sin City Horror Fest in Las Vegas. That showing is at, on Saturday, December 2nd at 4 p.m. with a QA. I will be there uh, for the Q and for the A. Uh, there's a link on my website uh, to how to get tickets to that event. My website is josephsgrimshaw.com, or you can go to the website hplovecraftfilmfestival.com and you can read about the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival that is happening entirely online. You can stream a bunch of horror films, including The Nightmare Adorable, if you are interested. Thank you uh, to the end crew, who has let us know that they stick around all the way till the end, which we have reached. The cues have been aid.